Hi, everybody. Welcome back to MedTech Talk, the only podcast affiliated with the MedTech Conference. My name is Tom Salemi. I'm your host, and also I'm an organizer of the conference, working with our co-chairs Kevin Hikes and Justin Klein. Kevin, of course, of Versant and Medivention. And Justin, of course, a partner at NEA, uh, both have worked uh, diligently to put together a, a great agenda, which you can see at medtechconference.com. Today, we're going to talk a bit about uh, the design of medtech products. We usually talk about company management and investment. This time, we spoke with a group called Nottingham Spurk. And Nottingham Spurk uh, it looks at the not only the the sort of the look of a product but the the effectiveness of, of a product and uh, it's an important thing to consider uh in this day and age when obviously so much attention needs to be paid to efficacy and of course to safety but creating a product that just makes life simpler for the clinicians and occasionally for the patients can really make or break a company so i spoke with uh, with co-president uh, john nottingham and the engineering program director jason Ertel about how Nottingham is uh, Nottingham Spurk is approaching medtech. Uh, they have a, 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 an effort called Innovate MD, where they're working with medtech companies, not only to design their products, but also to, um, in some cases, even find investors to, to, to support the company through uh, an acquisition or an exit. Uh, the company recently worked with uh, Cardio Insight, help them uh, develop a, a, a method of diagnosing and treating electrical disorders of the heart, uh, this, this really cool vest that they uh, helped streamline, which had originally been a, a very heavy sort of, they say, medieval-looking gar- garment, was uh, streamlined and made into uh, such a, an attractive product that Med- Medtronic bought the company uh, last year for uh, $93 million upfront plus earnout. So, Nottingham Spurk is is not just bringing design to the table; they're also potentially bringing investors and hopefully a quicker path to uh, acquisition for medtech startups. So, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nottingham Spurk. Well, John Nottingham and uh, Jason Ertel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. This is a, an area of medtech that uh, I, I've been trying to follow, sort of the integration or, or, or the intersection of consumer and medtech. So I'm, I'm very happy to have uh, Nottingham Spirk on the program to, to sort of talk about that, uh, that combining or that bringing together of, of what previously have been two very distinct fields, but I think they're becoming more and more integrated. But before we get into the big picture conversation, uh, I've only learned about Nottingham Spurk, recent, Spurk recently, admittedly. So I'd love to hear a little bit about the history of the firm. Uh, I, lo- I love your name, actually. I think it, it's it's it carries uh, some some real uh, gravitas to it, but it's also just unusual enough that it makes you curious as to what you do. And going on your website, you can tell our listeners about it. But you uh, you are working in a in a wonderful building, so it really must help your uh, your innovative process. So let's let's start with the history. How long has uh, the firm been around? Well, the firm's been around for 44 years. Uh, John Spurk and John Nottingham. I, I'm John Nottingham. Uh, started the company right out of, uh, of design school. We both graduated with industrial design degrees. We both had Fortune 500 job offers, and we turned them down and started an innovation firm in a garage. Hmm. That's a familiar storyline for a lot of people in medtech. 
right? And, and, and we we have uh, we all we've ever done in our career is innovate and and create products and uh, and and uh, experiences. And uh, over the years, we've generated new sales for client partner companies of uh, fifty billion dollars, and uh, we've generated a uh, thousand patents, all commercialized and uh, mostly in consumer and medical and B2B. What is it that that kind of sparks the innovative spirit, the idea that you want to be, you don't want to work for a larger company, you want to build something on your own and create things on your own? What is it about a person you think that makes them a, a, a good innovator? Well, Tom, you know, coming from this is, uh, you know, my background is in uh, very, very large companies. Uh, in the medical health space, but the the ability to move quickly, the ability to work across different industries and different segments is really what I think draws a lot of the, the folks who work here at Nottingham Spurk together and to, to, to be here. Um, a number of us have, have worked for Fortune 500 companies and understand the, uh, if I, for lack of a better term, how cumbersome it is to innovate. Um, whether you're siloed, whether you're a matrix company, the way you're laid out, uh, here at NS, uh, we're able to move at lightning speed because of the way the building's set up and the way that our teams are set up along with our vertical innovation process. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned your building. Uh, if, if anyone goes to your website, uh, the the first page has a, a great picture of what looks to be like a, a, almost a capital rotunda sort of structure. It's obviously... Not, but it's a it's a very uh, very beautiful, very sort of inspiring space. Where am I calling you now? Uh, what what building do you do you work out of? Well, uh, it was a former Christian Science Church. It's a landmark building in Cleveland, Ohio, very near the uh, uh, Cleveland Clinic, and uh, we we were inspired to to uh, purchase this building because you know church architecture is designed to inspire. And it, it it goes very well with an innovation company that's designed to inspire. So we have uh, we have a very interesting architecture here, and I think it it really makes us feel more creative. Yeah, it must be a uh, quite a uh, a recruiting technique to have people come into that building and think about prep coming there every day. It must be, uh, as you said, very inspiring. Everybody that walks in the door. Uh, I always watch their mouth. Everyone, every time they walk into our rotunda, they say the word "wow." Everyone. So I'm I'm doing counts now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a measurable wow factor, right? That's right. So let's talk a bit about what happens inside the building. What, what is uh, vertical innovation? Inspired us uh, before we we uh, moved into the building. We we got the opportunity to tour Pixar's uh, headquarters uh, uh, near San Francisco, and that building was designed by Steve Jobs to encourage innovation. It has a, if you've ever read about it, it has a central core, stacked floors. Everybody uh, in the organization uh, is designed for them to bump into each other throughout the day. They have casual interactions. So whether it's a director or a writer or an animator, they're all interacting. So when we saw this building, it reminded us structurally of Pixar. And 
what we have here in the vertical innovation process is every point of the innovation process, starting with the customer. So we have, we have an insights lab where we bring a customer, the patient, the, the payers in here to find out what they value and what they're willing to pay. That's what they're willing to pay is a real critical part. Then we have our engineers, our biomedical uh, engineers, our designers. Uh, we do prototyping in-house, lab testing in-house. We, we uh, do global sourcing of manufacture, branding, and uh, commercialization all under one roof. Jason, how does this uh, differ from other places where you've worked or, or types of businesses you've worked in? Yeah, so without naming them, uh, <laughs> two, of the, two of the three major uh, healthcare um, companies that work anywhere from CT to digital x-ray to MR technology, um, the speed of communication and decision-making cross-functionally, it's not the same at a look at, at a place like that it just can't be because the the, t the time to schedule those folks to get them all in the same room whether it's across campuses like many of these uh, many of these companies have they're not even on the same campus or the same building with, within a campus um, we're able to close that gap so what could what may take 24 48 hours just to schedule a meeting we can do in 30 minutes or five minutes if we just uh, you know, walk up one floor, down one floor, or just call a quick meeting uh, to make a decision and move on. We often tell our clients that it's really going to be your company that's slowing us down, so be ready. If, if, if you're going to be working with us, you, you really need to be able to move quickly and make decisions quickly uh, for this process to work. And that's, that's, a, that's a major difference between working for a, a company with, you know, 50,000, 100,000 employees versus a, a nimble company like Nottingham Spurk. Yeah, we, we have found that we can often cut the classic development time in half. And in, in a fast-moving uh, innovation cycle, that's, that's a critically important time so that our client partners can be out there first with the, with the right innovation. That also helps the patentability. Uh, it's just uh, everything, everything is good about making things efficient, low-cost, and fast. So where do you come in in the, in the process, either when you're working with a larger company or even a, a smaller startup? Are you uh, brought in at the, at the very beginning when the, con the, 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 the idea of the product is conceived? Or are you brought in later on to sort of smooth out the rough edges or the really rough edges, perhaps, that a, that a somewhat established prototype has, has been, uh, might have? The vast majority of the time we're brought in at the very front end in the strategy part of it. Uh, quite often, uh, we're brought in not to do necessarily the core products because the core products are pretty well defined. We're brought in to think of adjacencies and disruption of the core products. In other words, uh, there's an old saying, either, either disrupt yourself or be disrupted. And uh, we, we are... It's always better to disrupt yourself and to, and to think about how your core product can be vastly improved. And so the more we can bring it, be brought in at the front end, the, the strategy, then go to customer design, engineering, prototyping, and commercialization. The whole package is what we excel at. Hmm. And 
let's just let's talk a bit about where you sort of fit in into the medtech process. But one thing I'd like to understand: Innovate MD is that your your primary vertical, or is it one of many verticals? Do you work across many different industries? Well, the Innovate MD is really it's it's the I don't want to say the reintroduction, but the the in introduction to really the vertical innovation process within the medical or med tech space. And many, uh, in, in the consumer product world, um, it doesn't come with necessarily all the same regulations. Um, obviously, the medical device world, you're dealing with <clears throat> heavier regulated, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's much more regulated. And how the impact of a 510K when it hits, when you'd be ready for it. Can you use product equivalent in terms of units, or do you need a production qualified uh, device right off the line with everything uh, completed, including work instructions out the door? And so the Innovate MD incorporates those nuances of the medical device world into our current process that we've been using for years, which is the vertical innovation process. And part, and part of the thing, the trend that we've seen uh, you know, we've done we've done consumer products also, and we see some of the discipline, uh, attention to detail, the quickness of innovation, uh, and the the quality, but the pricing that we can that we can deliver to the med tech field that really is a game changer. We think. That's a that's a good point. I mean, pricing and and, and costs uh, are are more important than they than they ever were. Uh, so is Innovate MD a uh, a new push for you into medtech, or sort of just a, a, a uh, creating a name for a program that you've had in house, but now you really want to uh, focus on more more intently? It's really an evolution. We've been doing it for several years, and now it's a way of communicating this combination of, of medtech uh, with some consumer. Uh, consumerism uh, in the medtech field, and we, we think it's just a, a unique combination of, of skills that uh, is ready for prime time. Hi, this is Tom. Just remind you to go to medtechconference.com to check out our agenda. I don't want to say too much in this particular break, but uh, we're putting together a really great panel uh, that will feature some uh, heavy hitters from the CEO ranks. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Go to medtechconference.com, and if you want updates uh, on our agendas, go to uh, medtechconference.com, sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter, and uh, all of these updates will be sent to your inbox in our newsletter, which includes this podcast, videos uh, that we've done either at our events or out in the field, and uh, also uh, some insightful articles about the MedTech space. So go to medtechconference.com and sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter. Now back to this conversation. Now, why is the timing right for that now? Is it the, the pressures being put on medtech companies, uh, or was it an internal development of your firm that you had the folks in-house that you could make this push, or perhaps it's a, it's a combination of both? It's really a combination, but if you, if you look at uh, the pressures uh, you know, with the Affordable Care Act and, and other commercial pressures with healthcare and the growing, uh, the, the growing aging populations and other things, it's just all growing to say, hey, look, uh, there's customers, there's consumer customers, there are customers out there that have needs, but they're not, they're not going to pay any price anymore. They're gonna, you're going to have to be competitive, competitively priced, 
uh, and you still want to you would still want to maintain margins. So your factory cost has to be uh, incredibly efficient. So uh, we think we have a lot to offer there. But we talk about uh, consumer, and and when you say that, you automatically think of smartwatches or Fitbits or like the 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 helpful but really attractive kind of gadgets uh, that go out into into the real world. But your your uh, case studies are on your website, some of your, your more successful projects. I mean, these are these are medical devices. This is a, a an MRI device. This is a way of, of tracking urinary output. Uh, this the Cardio Insight is uh, is a way of of of, uh, of monitoring patient health. I mean, this is things that people are going to be using in the hospital and in healthcare settings. So when we talk about sort of the design and making these products appealing are you appealing to uh to hospital staff or uh or hospital administrators or patients or all of the above who who are the the audiences that you're trying to uh to to touch with your work in in medical devices you know, it's funny i'm on the i've been on the board of trustees of the cleveland clinic for about 12 years and uh, one of the one of the, the the things that we're doing at the Cleveland Clinic today is everybody wears a button that says two things: patients first. In other words, everything is around the patient. Now think about that: the patient is a consumer. A patient has an iPhone. The patient drives a a nice car. A, a patient has you know all these things that they're they're used to in the consumer world. And when they go into the hospital world. They expect the same kind of innovation, design, and quality. And especially, uh, another trend is being not only are you there at the hospital, but what does the hospital want to do? They want to get them out of the hospital and into their homes as quickly as possible, but with, the, with devices that help make that transition. So the whole, there's a blending of consumerism and hospital. Uh, like I said, in the in the Cleveland Clinic, everything is from the lens of the patient, mm-hmm. and so we we also start with the lens of a patient, also, and in, uh, in creating the devices that we do, even medical devices. I I would like to tag onto that as well. You know, the hospitals, in terms of one of the users, consumers, or customers in this whole process, are more recently than ever, more more relevant than ever, is the concern about readmittance. And while not every uh, health condition is uh, penalized or the hospitals aren't penalized for every health condition uh, that, uh, uh, that happens when there's a readmittance, this is something that also the hospital is very conscious of. And if, as John was saying, if there are products in the home that allow the tracking, the maintenance, the well-being, the understanding from all points of view, from the caregiver to the hospital to the insurer or payer, we look at all aspects as well. So we immerse ourselves in that process of understanding the whole ecosystem, and we have to understand and interview often the subject matter experts in each of those categories or fields for the product to be successful. And, and I, I mentioned that I was on the board of trustees of the, of the clinic. The clinic is one of the top five hospitals in the United States, as you may know, but they 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 placed a and, and that's sort of quantitative, but qualitative, they have placed a big effort on what they call patient experience. 
and I'm one of the founding members of the Patient Experience Committee to monitor the experience, the soft side of, of how patients feel about what they're doing. And part of that is the design of the equipment that, that's being used. You want, you want a friendly, well-designed, high-quality piece of equipment, but at an affordable price. And that's where we excel. Give me, give MedTech a, a letter grade on its uh, ability to design uh, attractive and, and, and useful products in, in the past. A, B, C, D, or E, or F, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I would actually give them somewhere between a B and a B minus mm -hmm. for that. And uh, I, I say that uh, having, having had to experience some things in, in my lifetime to get a little personal there that, uh, that made me uh, experience those firsthand. Uh, and also I have children and have been through a couple of processes with, with my own children and being exposed to that. And it just... It's not perfect, and really, yeah, there's a there's a considerable um, margin for improvement that that we really feel we can impact as well. And, and on the pricing side, I'd give it a C minus. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of waste, a so, lot of waste in that. And and I I think things I think the things that 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 hospitals do, uh, you know, class one, class two, class three, can all be better designed at a at a much better price. So what what needs to change other than everyone hiring you to to do their devices? <laughs> what, no, no, I, I, what what what? No, I, I think it's best practice. I think it's best practice. Whether <laughs> they work with us or work it on their own, uh, we 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 work with a lot of companies to help them do internal processes that will just sort of put the best practice in their in their in their facilities, uh, so that they can innovate. Uh, you know, without the strings attached, and innovate. Uh, you know, with with best practices in mind. So, is this a, a a case of perhaps companies working more, focusing more on the clinical performance of their products, and and sort of saving the other stuff for for the end, for later? They just weren't giving the attention that perhaps design and 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 patient uh, feedback really required. Oh, so that's that's an interesting one. Um, Tom, so there, you really do have to, certainly you have to have the performance of whatever you're claiming your, your product does and whether it's a, a, very, uh, a very complex system like an MRI system uh, or whether it's something a little bit less complicated but still, uh, still complex like an ultrasound device. Um, every touch point, every opportunity to understand what the user is going through not only just, okay, well, so it's a mattress pad that feels comfortable and they don't get a bed sore. Well, that's fine. But whether you've got uh, claustrophobia or whether you've got other, and there's other elements to the experience of being in the hospital that um, many, many med tech companies could learn from talking more in depth with their patient or their user or their customer to, to better improve that. I'm not saying they don't do that today. Uh, but I, but I do believe that in terms of uh, processes and, and really getting to the heart of the matter and pain points, but also the, the emotional side of it. You know, being in the hospital is, is challenging and um, emotionally, and but also physically and everything else. But to really understand the human factors, but also the emotional factors as well, and that takes time, and you really have to go and and dig and, and dig into those kind of areas with 
the user the, the user population, mm-hmm. and so um, it's it's a very important aspect. Uh, one of the one of the product uh, projects that we've uh, recently completed has been uh, a product called Cardio Insight, which was which is a, a vest that, that uh, the patient puts on, and uh, it, it detects uh, uh, irregularities in in the heart, but it's not invasive, and it and and it in many cases replaces uh, invasive catheterization. I, I'm going to have you pause there because I think there's a great end to that story, but there's something in between that happens and what I was just referring to. So you talk about some of the anxiety. Specific, just to, let's take cardio insight as, as an example. You know, before you go in to have your atrial fibrillation fixed through some RF ablation or cryoablation, which is already a, a stressful thing to go through, prior to that, they have to electrically map your heart so that they know where to put basically the blocks for electrical signals to prevent the AFib from happening. Well, so you you now put a person through an invasive process where they're taking a catheter up through the femoral artery, working all the way up to the heart, measuring the electrical signals from inside the heart. It's a it's a stressful, uh, a slightly dangerous process that's just one more level of anxiety and complication and risk for the patient. Where you take cardio insight which is a tech transfer, and you get that out and you change the process completely of that first step of that femoral artery uh, and catheterization, you take an invasive process out of the picture and you bring in something where you simply get a simple 30-second CT scan and slap on this vest in, in five minutes and you lay down on a bed and that's all you have to do. As it electrically maps your heart, it's better output in terms of electrically mapping the heart it does it over the geometry of the heart in a, a much better way than the current process, and it takes away all that stress and risk to the patient of this invasive process. And the end result, which NS was able to do across all those boards, John mentioned all the areas that we work in, it was a, you know, a huge success uh, because we looked at all those different things. It needed to go on easily. It needed to go on in five minutes, not an hour. There's 252 leads on this, electrical leads like EKG leads. You, you, can't, you can't take that. If you don't solve the process of being able to put it on easily, mm-hmm. then you don't have a product. That's right. And, and, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, the, the, uh, this, this startup company that created this thing got sold to, to uh, uh, Medtronic for $93 million plus a three-year earnout. And, and a lot of, uh, of large uh, medical companies are looking for ready-to-commercialize products. And that's, that's, that's also some things that we are doing, uh, much like uh, uh, we're doing with tech transfer offices of, of universities and others, uh, where we can take a, a product through what they call the valley of death from proof of concept to commercialization ready, uh, having gone through uh, clinical studies, having gone through uh, the pricing and the, and the factories that make these things ready for commercialization. That's a big benefit to these medical companies. So in the case of Cardio Insight, that company came to you, and, and, and going by the description that I've read, the original prototype was a vest with over 250 electrodes, 15 pounds, you know, exactly not what you were just describing. They came to you with this prototype and, and said what? You know, this is what we want to do, make it, make it better than this. Yeah, they came with a prototype. Mm-hmm. The prototype worked. They proved feasibility that these 252 sensors can 
map out the heart. That's the good news. The bad news, it looked like a medieval, medieval torture device. Mm-hmm. It was 15 pounds. It was ungodly. And so we were able to uh, turn that into uh, elegantly designed, fashionable, if you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fits, uh, you know, three sizes can fit, you know, all, all types of, of, of patients, um, but only a few ounces. And it's real easy to put on. It's real easy to use. You feel comfortable. Uh, low cost, so it's uh, reimbursable and much, much less cost than a, than a catheterization, that's for sure, because it's non-invasive. And so everything worked. But it, we used our entire uh, vertical innovation process from, you know, start with the patient all the way through and end with the patient. And, and th- that just proves the model right there. So where does uh, Innovate MD go from here? How how are you reaching out to companies? Um, you're you're obviously got a, a great network. Uh, if you, anyone goes to nottinghamsburg.com, uh, I think your partners. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the Cleveland Clinic, but there's uh, several others. And I'm here we go. The strategic medical partners include uh, you well, you're working with NASA, BioEnterprise, uh, several other the VA Medical Center, um, Cleveland Clinic, as we mentioned before. Are are you working to reach out uh, to the med tech world as well? In, in a previous podcast, I meant I talked to Kerry Pope uh, at the Fogarty Institute, and he was the one who actually introduced me to Nottinghamsburg. He mentioned a great program that you're you're getting involved with the the institute to to come up with uh, um, med tech innovations that we're describing right now. What 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 are you doing to to reach out to the med tech industry? Well, uh, the Carrick Pope project is a, is a good one. We're doing for that uh, engagement what we did with Cardio Insight. And so we're taking, we're taking a proof of concept all the way through true commercialization and uh, clinical trials. Uh, and by the time we're done, it's going to be uh, th- this uh, venture company uh, is going to have something ready for prime time, ready for commercialization. What they're not going to do is to do it themselves. They're not going to market, distribute, inventory, uh, do all that stuff because large medical companies do that very, very well. So uh, what we'll do is we'll just put our heads down, create this thing, create the, uh, you know, go through the 510K, go through uh, the regulation, go through the clinical trial. By the time we're done, we will have a um, a factory cost that's right. We'll have we'll have market research that says that the market wants this, and then we'll offer it to various uh, major medical companies. And how are you compensated? Are you uh, a vendor who's paid, or, or do you get involved with, with equi- equity as well? Well, all right, so so in the, in the, uh, the ones that we're going through the Valley of Death, <laughs> we, will, uh, we will co-found those those uh, those uh, venture companies, like we're doing with Mars Medical, uh, and we uh, we will have an equity position. Uh, therefore, we they're sort of favored nations uh, status in terms of being partners. So we do it very fast, very economically, and at the end of the day, we're compensated only when uh, the thing uh, becomes real and uh, becomes acquired. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And final question, what does, we, we covered this before, but what do you see happening, MedTech, over the next five years when it comes to 
consumer technologies and just and just better designs is are we in the beginning of a of a larger wave of of newer more um attractive more user-friendly devices uh is this uh is this a corner that the entire medtech sector is is ready to turn or is this going to be a slow process that i don't know takes a takes more than five years maybe a, a decade or more well yes the the future that is that is now and is coming is really around how do you create an ecosystem of products that will allow people who are aging, this aging population that is just growing, to be able to stay in their homes longer, to be able to have the care that they need and still remain just as healthy and safe as they would be today, but to be able to stay and reduce those costs, which are astronomical when it comes to assisted living and skilled nursing facilities. So a whole wave of products is is starting, but is is the, the 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 peak of that wave has not been nearly reached at all. To where this aging population needs to be able to understand, get connected, have these devices be smart, have the the data be available to the necessary you know entities from physicians to insurance to uh, caregivers to pharmacies to all these different entities that that allow. Uh, and care for and maintain the health of this aging population, it is coming in a big way. And the predictions are huge in terms of the, the, the headroom of where we're going. Right. Well, it's a, it's a thank you for taking some time to talk about this. Like I said, t- mentioned the top. It seems like this is an area that uh, the med tech innovators and investors need to, to focus a bit more, not only on design, but just more consumer outreach and getting more voices involved in the in product creation. There's no question. Excellent. Thanks again for the time and for being on the podcast. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. Thanks, John Nottingham and Jason Hertel for joining us on MedTech Talk. Uh, fascinating company you have there at Nottingham Spurk. Would love to uh, come visit your headquarters someday. Uh, if you haven't seen a picture of it, go to NottinghamSpurk.com. Uh, It's quite an inspirational place. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us uh, on this podcast. And again, go to medtechconference.com to register for the MedTech Conference. It's on June 1st. And once you sign up, we will see you in Minneapolis.